episode 3 of DC is Creepy, and I'm really excited about this one, so I'm just going to get this out of the way really quick while Ariel tells you about us. Okay, wow. Um, well, like he said, I am Ariel Hansen. He is Topher Graham. Together we founded Bad Cookie Pictures, and this is our podcast, BC is Creepy, where we explore the creepy side of British Columbia, all sorts of different stories from true crime to cryptids, ghosts, anything else you can think of. We're going to try and cover it at some point. So anyways, uh, Topher is going to be yes. telling the tale this episode. Smudging is out of the way. So now we can start talking about Gilbert Paul Jordan, the boozing barber. Ooh. And just because I really like the novelty of the whole thing, mm-hmm. I decided to bring in an old podcasting staple. Drinking! Yay! <laughs> I... I I'll, I'll drink with you. There you go. Maybe not as fast. Yeah. Hey, wait, let's cheers. Let's cheers. Cheers. Episode three, Gilbert Paul Jordan. Ah. And in case you're wondering what that loud noise was, that's my weird cheersing habit of hitting the <laughs> bottle on the table. She does it. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> okay, so what do you want to tell me first? Well, I can do this all in... You can flip it so it becomes a tablet. Like... Backwards? Yeah. Ariel gave me a thing to read all of my stuff on. Oh, jeez, that's so strange. Ah, it's freaking me out. So, Gilbert Paul Jordan, the boozing barber, was an active serial... Okay, yeah, if you're going to do it that way, you need to hold it one way. Yeah, I need to decide. Was a serial murderer and sexual predator with a unique weapon. Can you guess what it was? Are we going Sweeney Todd style and it was like a straight razor? Nope. Um, scissors? Nope. A raise like a shape, like an electric razor? Nope. Just drowning someone in shaving cream? It wasn't about Barbara at all. (laughs) It was about the booze. He killed people with alcohol. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So, he was born Gilbert Paul Elsie on December 12th, 1931. And he was mostly active in the downtown east side of Vancouver, which... For people here in Vancouver, you know that it's a pretty seedy neighborhood. For people out of Vancouver, it's pretty terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, so Colin and I went and saw last podcast on the left live here, and even they who are from New York were creeped out by the level of poverty in our downtown east side. So I think that says a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty seedy neighborhood. This is where there's lots of hotels. Um flea motels, stuff that you would either live in for a really cheap amount of rent per month, or maybe you just want to rent it for the hour for, um... Yeah. 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 So, um, also lots of CD bars, which yeah. is where he would have been most active. So, but let's start with, uh, just chronologically... Okay. ...a list of his crimes, because, um, Jordan was really slippery in terms of the police. His name's Jordan? Jordan is his last name. Okay. I can go through Gilbert Paul. Like, he preferred to be called Paul, but Jordan, I think, is an easier... I would say Gilbert would make him distinctive the most, but... Gilbert. Whatever you want to call him. I've written it all down in my fact sheet that says Jordan. Okay, okay. I just... When you said that, I thought that you were referring to our friend Jordan, and then I was like, did is he really into this serial killer in one of your sources? That would that'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be unexpected. <laughs> he would probably be a really good serial killer. I didn't mean he was one. I meant he was a nature of crime. Come on. No, I don't want any. 
Although he, w- he would be thorough. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's too nice of a guy to hurt anyone. He'd be very unexpected. Yes. Yes. Which is exactly the kind of thing you want in a serial killer. No. <laughs> I don't like to think of our friends that way. Unless it's you. Yeah. I, I'm, oh. I'm okay. And I'm sure you think of me in murderous ways. Oh, yeah. Like picturing me killing people. I mean, I've at least done it couple of times <laughs> on camera <laughs> yeah yeah so he has a long history of criminal activities but not a long history of convictions so we should start in 1961 when he had his first arrest for the abduction of a five-year-old native girl never mm. convicted two years later he was arrested for sexual assault and theft and this is where we start to like get a glimpse of his mo he invited two girls to go drinking with him in Coal Harbor, and he was getting them excessively drunk. One of them felt ill and stepped out of the car, and Jordan drove off with her car and the other uh, other person. Oh. Uh, he drove her to a secluded location and raped her. And sexual assault conviction didn't stick, but um, theft. He, he got wow. uh, He got theft. So he went to jail for not a very long time. A little bit later, he had his first murder victim, who was Ivy Rose Oswald. Um, I want to pre—I want to pre—preempt uh, this by just letting everybody know that death by alcohol poisoning typically happens at zero point four percent blood alcohol. Okay. Zero point four. So we might hear a couple of numbers today. Numbers. <laughs> numbers. Jeez, I became an actor so I wouldn't have to think about numbers. Okay. The only number you have to think of is 0.4. Okay. Because that's when people die of alcohol poisoning. Okay. So his first murder victim was Ivy Rose Oswald. He invited her back to a seedy hotel, and the next day she was found dead. Mm -hmm. She was found dead with a blood alcohol level of 0.51. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) So after she died... More alcohol put into her blood. And this is where um, his M.O. really comes out. Basically, what he would do is he would go out on the town. He would find out pretty much all of them were native women. A lot of them were sex workers. A lot of them alcoholics and junkies. Um, He really targeted a specific... um, Basically the most vulnerable people. He could. Um, Yeah. He would take them out drinking. He would buy them drinks all night. He would pressure them to drink more. You'd invite them back to some place, usually another hotel, and uh, keep them drinking. And when they passed out, pour more uh, liquor down their throats until they died. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that is a very good reason to not drink until you pass out. <laughs> and be careful of who you're with. Mm-hmm. Stay away from strangers. Um, four days after this first murder is when he changed his name to Gilbert Paul Jordan. So he was born Gilbert Paul Elsie, and uh, this I... must have been a pretty important event for him because later he changed his name. Okay. So April 28th, 1974 is another arrest. Like, Jordan has been through the um, court systems a lot. <laughs> um, in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of money. He, he inherited like $70,000. He owned his own barber shop. So he had money, he was good with lawyers, but... Apparently, he was, like, pretty bad in the courts. Um, He gave one judge a Nazi salute and got held in contempt. 
<laughs> I keep forgetting that this is like not the late 1800s. No, this is like pretty recent. Like we're in the 70s, but most of his crimes happened in the 80s, between 87 and 89. Oh, wow. <laughs> so like, wow. Yeah. And okay. Oh, this is exciting. Anyways, April 28th, 1974, Jordan is found guilty for indecent public acts and indecent assault in Prince George and is sentenced to two years in prison. Uh, the courts tried to have him labeled a dangerous offender, but that was appealed and Jordan got parole after one year in prison. <laughs> Remembering that prior to this, he's had one murder that they don't know about, but they do know about the abduction of a five-year-old girl. And um, and the rape and theft, and theft. of a vehicle. <laughs> One year. One year in prison. Wow. And basically, almost immediately after he's released, he abducts a woman from a mental hospital <laughs> in 1975 and is sentenced to 26 months for assault. Wait, so does he, like, pretend to be her relative or something, picking her up? Like, how do you abduct someone from an asylum? Well, this is this is still, like, the 70s. Okay. So they're not, like, locked in the asylums. I thought they were, like, even more locked in back then. This is, like, quite recent. This would be, like, probably Riverview. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's be frank. It's Riverview. Yeah. So he probably just, like, went in, saw her, like, there, mm -hmm. and was like, come back drinking with me. Yeah, or because it's, like, such a big property that she was probably out on the grounds, and he was like, hey, hey, hey. So, vulnerable people. Yep. He attacks vulnerable, vulnerable people and has no remorse for anything. <laughs> Gets out of jail and essentially goes right back to what he wants to do. So, after his 26 months for assault, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, he opens a barbershop in the downtown east side. Oh. His favorite place. And between 1985 to 1987, mm -hmm. um, let's just say he likes to party in his uh, in his barber shop. Um, a lot of people describe it as more often closed than not. <laughs> okay. Three women are found dead of alcohol poisoning in his shop <laughs> it's and, on three and, separate occasions. But you'd think someone would connect the dots. Well, he would report the deaths himself. So okay. they probably just lazy police work that, oh, maybe they didn't do background checks. Yeah. Or this is the downtown east side, and yeah. a lot of people just, it's typical. But you'd think they'd, like, give him a talking to, like, listen, people keep dying of alcohol poisoning here. You need to take care of your guests better. You You're need to a stop bad host. letting people drink in your shop. This is a liability <laughs> issue. Like, if someone, well, if it was someone whose family had more in had like enough income nowadays if someone died of alcohol poisoning in your store or home you'd get your pants suit off yeah <laughs> you would sue yeah these aren't people with families and the police obviously were not careful and you, you've been to the downtown east side you you get it <laughs> oh yeah you understand yeah no like the odds of walking past someone who's ODing there is easy so high Police are there almost like twenty four seven. So and firefighters and mm -hmm. paramedics just constantly. So it wasn't until October eleventh, nineteen eighty seven, that suspicion finally fell on Jordan. This was um, for for the body of Vanessa Lee Buckner. Um, so she was twenty seven and said to be a moderate drinker, and um, she was found in one of the seedy hotels after an anonymous call was made at 7.40 a.m. 
And uh, she was found with a blood alcohol level. Are you ready for this? Okay, and and it's point four, four. that's murder. Yeah. Well, not murder, but you're dead. Point four is when you die of alcohol poisoning. So she was found with a blood alcohol level of zero point nine one. What? <laughs> <laughs> Almost a single like percent <laughs> alcohol in her blood. Like, like if some like you could get wasted off of her blood. Yeah. <laughs> so they found that the call was made from Jordan in the hotel he was living at. So So he owns a barber shop, but he's living at a CD hotel. Yep. He loves this neighborhood. He loves these CD hotels. And he loves to go out and get hammered drunk. Okay. On vodka. And he loves company. But <laughs> But not the not enough kind. to not kill them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So after this anonymous call that they linked to Jordan, they're finally looking into him, and they decide to tail him and put surveillance on him between October 12th and November 26th in 1987. Four women, um, the police intervened and basically rescued. Okay. <laughs> so, wait, so the police intervened, but, like, he didn't get arrested? He didn't get arrested. But they would see that he's le- leading them out of the uh, these bars... And basically egging them on to drink. Which, not a crime, right? Yeah. That, that's the, the real thing about him is that this, this murder is so unique. Yeah. Most of the time, it can be called an accident. And it, it's kind of this like personal responsibility. Liability. Liability thoughts. But then if he's pouring it down their throats <laughs> after they passed out... Then it's no longer, like, their responsibility, and it's on him, and he's a murderer. But how do you prove this? Yeah. Okay. I have two ways I can go from here. Okay. I can either tell you what they caught him saying. Okay. Or we can talk about the time he was finally arrested for murder. Well, I feel like what they caught him saying would come before he finally gets arrested. That's right. Then let's do it in that order. Okay. I'm not an actor, and Ariel's a pretty good actor. But I'm going to try my best here. <laughs> well, thank you for that compliment. <laughs> hey. Ah! Have a drink. Down oh. the hatch, baby. 20 oh. bucks if you can ah. drink it right down. Oh. See if you're a real woman. Finish that drink. Finish that drink. <laughs> down the hatch. Hurry. Right down. You need another drink. I'll give you 50 bucks if you can take it. I'll give you 10, 20, 50 dollars. Whatever you want. Come on. I want to see you get it all down. You get it right down. I'll give you the 50 bucks and the 13 bucks, and I'll give you the 50 bucks. I told you that. I've told you if you finish, I'll give you 75. Finish your drink. I'll give you 20. Jesus. Like, is this... (laughs) Was he on, like, meth or something? Like... Okay, I'm trying my best there. He was on vodka. His his weapon of choice is getting, like, smashed drunk. I... I guess I'm just meaning, like, that is such a long mono. Like, that's just, this woman has not said anything else. And he's just like, Presumably, she's really drunk. Yeah. (laughs) And he's just egging over and over and over again. And offering money, offering all sorts of inconsistent types of money, which he had. He, He would have been able to pay these girls. And, I mean, once he kills them, he can just take that money back. Yeah. (laughs) But I guess I'm just meaning, like, that is, like, for him to just keep at it, like, was that all just, he said that all at once, or was that, like, he (laughs) said a little bit, waited to see if she drank, said more? More than likely, I haven't gotten the timing down. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is a quote. I, I read it in text. Okay. <laughs> but that's how I can see those those kinds of people, like, downtown. <laughs> yeah. Acting. You know, reading about him, he kind of reminds me of, like, the drunk people who would get on the bus and yell at the other oh, people on yeah. the bus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's what it, that is what it sounds like. <laughs> which is typical in the downtown oh. east side of Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, if you take the number three as much as I do. Or the 16. It goes right yeah. through. I get the, I see it all the time. Yep. <laughs> so before he was arrested, he actually murdered uh, another person. Edna Shade, found with alcohol poisoning in his prints at the scene. That was on November 12th, 1987. And November 23rd is when he's finally arrested. Okay, good. So he, they actually caught him like as he was doing this murder. Um, she had lost consciousness. Police entered the room. He was lying on top of her, forcing the context, contents of a large bottle of vodka down her throat. Oh. So they caught him in the act. And they were able to get her to a hospital and get her stomach pumped so she wouldn't die, right? Right? Uh, I don't have that information. Okay, well, I but hope she survived. But he was arrested for murder. Oh. Uh, of her. Oh, okay, then she's dead. Um, He was linked to the deaths of ten women, and charges were brought for seven of them, but he was only found guilty for the murder of Vanessa Lee Buckner. um, Oh, my God. Who was his first victim, and it's just because he confessed. (sighs) That's not even the most frustrating part about this. Yeah, So ten women, seven go to court, one gets convicted... And he gets uh, 15 years. What? 15 years. And he goes to appeal it, and he gets nine years. So, and then he gets out and starts killing again? Like... He was... um, He was released with strict parole conditions. So parole... And I think it was something like six years he was paroled after. So his, his parole conditions abstain absolutely from the consumption of alcohol and to not be in the company of any female person or persons in any place where alcohol is either being consumed or possessed by that person or persons. So he's not allowed to have any alcohol. They're never going to be able to... (laughs) Yeah, how do you monitor that? And he's not allowed to be in bars with women. Which, well, I mean, that's good, but at the same time, how do you police that? Like, Well, he was arrested again in 2002 for breach of probation. (laughs) And sentenced to 15 months in jail. Oh. And after his release, he's arrested again in 2004 after making another attempt on the life of Bard Berkeley in Winnipeg. Oh my god. And charges for this arrest didn't stick. And... (laughs) But in 2005, the Saanich Police Department issued a warning to the public. Oh. Yeah. That's where I grew up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. And so he moved to Saanich and there was a... A warning issued. Yeah. And then... And then he dies in 2006. Okay. I hope it was alcohol poisoning. <laughs> uh, probably something. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that would just... It would be nice and fitting if the way he died was how he killed others, but... Yeah, that he is... He needs to do that ten times over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least. There was a lot of crazy statistics, like... Apparently he he tried these binge drinking things at least two hundred times. What like he tried to get he tried to kill women with alcohol at least two hundred times. Mm-hmm. 
That's a that's not substantiated by anything. Okay, okay. but I mean, like, but that, that's, that's he's probably what like if he was only successful those ten times, that's a hundred and ninety women who were smart enough to be like, no. Yeah. So he's active, you know, from nineteen seventy five. Well, I guess to like two thousand and five. On and off with prison and in off. there. Very little prison. Yeah, surprisingly <laughs> little. Oh. <laughs> like there was some crazy things else like uh early early in his life he he shut down the Lionsgate bridge by threatening to throw himself off of it okay so uh, at the time Lionsgate bridge was like the only way to north man oh <laughs> oh he's, he's a bit of a drama queen yeah <laughs> um, yeah so was is he like from vancouver originally i don't have a birthplace but he's mostly in vancouver until after his arrest he goes abroad okay um and like like did he have family issues like what <laughs> leads someone to do this ah. he had a brother mm-hmm. um and his brother says like we don't have we don't have any uh, like we didn't have a we had a fairly normal childhood but he was always a little strange. Um, there's one time after he was arrested that he gets tested. Um, for what? Uh, like Mentally tested. Okay. For competency. And they found that he had an antisocial personality disorder. Yep, that is one of those. Well, so he's a psychopath. He doesn't actually yeah. have compassion or empathy. Well, uh, isn't antisocial personality disorder different from psychopathy, though? Which is also different from sociopathy? Yes, but these are specific things that the psychologists Okay, that's say. what they said. Okay. <laughs> that he, he doesn't have uh, the capacity for empathy. That is a and problem. a bad drinking habit. That is also... Oh, that is a bad combination. Yeah, so we're talking like he had a bootlegger for vodka. Like homemade vodka so <laughs> is like, what he's drinking. Basically vodka moonshine? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's... Yeah, he's, he's still going to these bars every night, and he's still buying a lot of alcohol. But then he's also getting bootlegged alcohol, which is really dangerous, because you don't know what they're putting in there. Like, like I went to Bali, and you weren't supposed to drink the local alcohol, because mm-hmm. there's things like antifreeze and stuff, because they just want to make it taste good. They don't really know how to make a spirit properly. Yeah, no. Oh. This is the seedy person of the downtown. I'm... Honestly surprised that this is like the only occurrence of this. It, it's as I'm reading this, it it almost sounds so fitting. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it just makes me think of like then how many years later Picton starts up. He's preying on the most vulnerable as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually there's been other um, there's been other serial like at least one serial killer passed through Vancouver and picked up downtown east side women i if you remember we were on the haunted trolley tour maine and hastings is the murder spot i've been drinking <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know i started the the podcast you've only had like a cider in a bit come on okay i'm going <laughs> yeah if you i'm just want... it's really fast i'm drinking <laughs> i'm getting really excited about okay this. okay so maine and hastings is like the murder Point. This is where the most murders in Vancouver, probably Western Canada, occur. Yeah, I mean, we would probably have more murders than 
Alberta. Definitely Although, worse than Victoria. Edmonton was the murder capital of oh, Canada for a bit. Prince George was as well. So maybe That's where Caleb Bork's from. Is that's the girl Cat who, Killer. Yeah, who they were like, she is likely to be a serial killer. Let's really freaking get on top of her. And put the media and every make sure everyone knows about her. Yeah, she was, like, number one villain because she liked serial killers and killed a cat. Okay, liking serial killers should not factor into that. No. But, <laughs> although she did say that she wanted to kill, like, homeless people. Okay, that's different. <laughs> yeah. That's different from liking serial killers. We like serial killers. I know, I love like, serial there's, killers. There's nothing wrong with that. I just was talking to someone <laughs> at my work today, and I found out they're really into true crime, so now I can actually talk about Dahmer facts at work and not yes! be weird. I could talk about Dahmer all day. I don't want to bring that into this podcast. Yeah. Because I could literally spew at you without any fact sheets or anything about Dahmer for fucking days. <laughs> I just, I, I still remember us going to that movie and it was beautiful. I know. Yeah, Prince George. Where the fuck are we? <laughs> we were just talking about, okay, talking about, I guess, we, we went from... Maine and Hastings being the pinpoint of murder within Vancouver, or yeah. the precipice. Um, then we started talking about Western Canada, and you were like, Edmonton was murder capital for a while. And it then was. We even had Prince our George own, like... Prince George was, too, at some point. Serial killer. Well, not Only serial one? killer. Okay, but we had, <laughs> we had Mark Twitchell. He... he I think he only killed, like, two people, though. That's not a serial killer, then. No. It's a minimum of three, I think. Yeah, no. But he was famous because he was obsessed with Dexter. So people, like, launched on him. Oh, wow. Because he was a filmmaker, and he was like, I want to make my films more real. I want to kill people and film it. What? Weird guy. So that, that is definitely fascinating. Yeah. Not serial killer, but probably would have become serial killer. Yeah. And we also... The Greyhound Beheader guy yep. was from Edmonton. But again, not serial. No, just like... That was like a singular one-off. Yeah, he was having a bad day. Yeah, I'm guessing he had severe mental health issues. Yeah, he actually got released on parole, like, really quickly, if I remember correctly. I mean, I feel like if he was on his meds, like, I'm assume. I mean, I'm assuming a lot, but it sounds like he had some sort of, some sort of schizophrenia. Yeah. And he went off his meds. Yeah. Which, if he's on his meds, he's not dangerous. So if that's a condition of his parole, that he's always on his meds. Parole conditions are it's clearly, according, yeah, like Gilbert no. Paul Jordan. <laughs> it, it's hard Is to it, enforce them. Yeah. Yeah, no. You have an officer, you go meet him once a week, and you just, like, chat. Except it's... It's different, like, if it, because he was probably found, like, went the insanity route, or I'm yeah. not sure what the actual term is, but when someone gets institutionalized for something like schizophrenia, they don't just throw them back out on the streets and you talk to a parole officer. They're sending them to a group home to live in, so that there's, and there's social workers who live there or work there with them constantly so that that way there's someone making sure that they get their meals and their medication and it's a different process than just you're a normal criminal here's your conditions go yeah there's at least from what i've from what i know of people i've known with schizophrenia who have had relapses and stuff there's a much larger system to keep things in check that's good <laughs> yeah i mean it's not perfect nothing is no. Obviously, murder happens all the time. Oh, yeah. And, like, no matter what we've got, what society has in place, it'll still happen. 
it's just making sure it happens less. Yeah. So that's all I've got on Gilbert Paul Jordan, the boozing <laughs> barber. What time are we at? What's the? <laughs> it doesn't matter. What? Uh... It's gonna be shorter anyways once I edit all <laughs> edit out all the ums and. Ariel Long is pauses. gonna take away my things that make me all. Mm. <laughs> all what? All know. what? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm making it easier to listen to. Yeah. So I hope you guys appreciate that. She's gonna be working really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for appreciating my work, Tover. Yeah. So. So. Sources. I've got four sources here. There is a book called Cold North Killers by Lee Miller. Meller. Um, Murderpedia was a website I went on. Wikipedia was just an easy way to get a, a good timeline. Dogbrindle.com was, had What's a really that? nice... Um, they just had a really nice article. They, they okay. weren't my main source. It just makes me think of my parents' dog, because she's a brindle. Oh, cute. It's just the color of the coat. It's when it's like, sort of, almost like tiger stripes, but not, but like there's more black. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for distracting you, <laughs> I have ADD. <laughs> and then when we start, when someone starts talking about dogs. I love dogs. Yeah. The dog with... We saw a dog today. Oh my god, it was so cute. And it was really fluffy. And it was like, it's the tiniest puppy, but it was gonna, it's going to grow up to be this like big, awesome dog. Yeah, but it, this it was a blue healer puppy. Oh so, god, And is. they don't get too big. They get like a little bigger than a corgi. Like, think of a corgi with proper sized legs, but still kind of short legs. That's adorable. He was yeah. adorable. He was adorable. I pet his belly. She. She. She, but yeah. I really like Sam's cat, too. Angela's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to get a dog. This is all irrelevant. So? <laughs> so Sam is an awesome <laughs> costume. No, she's She's like... a fashion designer, but she's also worked with us both in costume design on one of our films as Ready well as... No, and... no. Man in the Rabbit Mask. Man in the, ra- I'm Man in the Rabbit Mask. Yes. She actually like built Victorian style suits, she's remember? She's a hero. Yeah. She has this adorable 14-year-old male cat, and I love him. And he's got, like, a bobcat-length tail, I guess. Yeah. Little poor guy. Yeah. I have one more source. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually also listened to another podcast on on the uh, Gilbert Paul Jordan, and it was called Bloody Murder, a true crime podcast. It's from Australia. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) It was fucking great. I love Australia. (laughs) I spent a month there. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, when I was, like, freshly 18. Ah. I learned to drink in Australia. Even though you could have drank, you could drink in Alberta, too. I could, but, I, and I, I did, but only a little bit. But when I went to ah. Australia, they, like, drink every day. <laughs> and they have, like, we have, like, just beer and some ciders and maybe, like, a couple coolers. But they have, like, half the liquor store that's beer and half a liquor store that's um, spirits in cans. Oh, so, like... <laughs> so, like, like the... rum and Cokes. Oh, okay. Like absinthe the... and energy drinks. Like the, um... Tequila those... and lime pop. I'm thinking of, like, the cans that have, like, the hands doing the things with the eyes and stuff. Um, the... You know how Captain Morgan's has released, yeah. like, a Captain and Coke? Yeah. I think that, but every single possible... Hardball or... You could ever imagine. And the most famous is Bundaberg, which is, a, like, rum and Coke. I thought Bundaberg was just root beer. 
no, it's a rum in Australia. And they have a rum and coke, and you can get this in a can. You can get this on tap. It's so delicious. (laughs) It's so delicious. Oh, I should have. Regardless. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, meanwhile, here in Canada, we're just... We just just got Lone Tree Cider. Well, we've got plenty more than that, but they're trying... They're, like, starting to put wine in cans. And they're just not popular. Well, I mean... We've got, like, the Jack and Cokes now that's kind of cool. But they're still... They're not... Like, there, basically, you could have those and not drink beer and nobody would care. As long as you're drinking and getting drunk. Yeah, well, whereas here you'd get a hard time because, I mean, we're more well-known for our beer. That's stupid. Beer is, like, so much less alcohol than everything else. Yeah. And, well, I mean, personally, that's why I like beer, because it's cheaper, it lasts longer, so, like, if you're trying to be social, you have a beer, you're getting through that beer by the time your friend has finished a few highballs, you're not getting quite as crazy drunk, and you're saving money. But you're still being social. I've taken to cider, because that keeps me from getting, like, crazy drunk. (laughs) I'm a cider fan, too. That was my gateway to beer. With cider. It's so much better than beer. It tastes like apples. Mm. It's delicious. I, I'm i picky about the ciders I like, so we'll leave it at that. Okay. I don't have anything more on yeah. Paul Jordan. This has Very been true. a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've we been really about excited about booze. this. Booze is great. Booze is lethal. Yeah, so <laughs> if you are going to drink, drink in moderation. And responsibly and be careful about who you're drinking with. And don't force others to drink alcohol. Wait, I want to see how you do this quote. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll do that and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Okay, you got to find it better. I, I'm looking, okay? There yes, it is. Sir. Police reports quote Jordan as saying... Have a drink. Down the hatch, baby. 20 bucks if you drink it right down. See if you're a real woman. Finish that drink. Finish that drink! Down I finished the... it! Good. Good. Now, now, next one. Next one. Oh, fuck. Okay. Next one. Down the hatch. Down the hatch. <laughs> Hurry. Hurry. Right down. You need another drink. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can take it. Holy shit. I'll give you 10. <laughs> okay, 20. More. More. $50. Whatever you want. Woo! Come on. I want to see you get it all down. You get it right down. <laughs> I'll give you 50 bucks and, and, and the 13 bucks... I'll give you 50 bucks. I told you that. If if you finish that, I'll give you 75 bucks. Finish your drink. Finish finish your drink. 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 I'll give you 20 bucks. So I can't finish this <laughs> yeah, no. before the end of the podcast. But that was amazing. Give it up for Ariel Hansen. <laughs> no, I'm sure that is definitely not how he said it. But that was a fun way to do it. Yeah. Okay. And when you're acting, it's all about making choices. Whew. Okay. So this has been BC is creepy. Yeah. Um. So if you wanna follow us on those social medias, we are Bad Cookie Pictures Oof. on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website. If you have any ideas for future topics, email us at badcookiepictures at gmail Ariel's drunk. Don't listen to her. I've only had one beer. Mr. Two and a Half Ciders slamming them. Okay. And if you want to follow us personally on the social medias, I'm at Hanson's Horror on all of the various things. I'm Sneezing Wolf. You can find me on Instagram. 
My uh, my Twitter is like nothing. Yeah, <laughs> no, his Twitter is just me being like at sneezing wolf. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I mention him and that that's as far as it goes. Bad cookie pictures. We, yeah. We have a wonderful social media presence. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. And so yeah, that's been BC is creepy. Good night. Good night. And be careful. Be careful. And stay creepy.